This episode of Sexy Marriage Radio is brought to you by the Sexy Marriage Radio Getaway, June 21st to the 24th in 2018 in the Dallas-Fort Worth area. Come join us for four days of a true getaway. Fantastic teaching, great conversations, but most importantly, maybe good times with your spouse to just explore the Dallas area, the hotel, each other. You get to decide. Sign up now, simplemarriage.net forward slash getaway. Welcome back to another episode of Sexy Marriage Radio. I'm Dr. Corey Allen alongside my wife, Pam. Hey, y'all. Hey, all. Hey, all. Y'all. That's where y'all is. That's that's Texan and (laughs) Northern trying to fit together. Hey, (laughs) y'all, y'alls. Whatever. (laughs) Well, well, we're not having Southern talk. We're having uh, married sex talk. And we're trying to uh, tackle the topics that that, uh, we keep hearing from or are on your mind and they come in via either a voicemail line that we have that you can call and leave a message 214-702-9565 please call and give us your thoughts your opinions your questions your praise even or you can send us an email feedback at sexymarriageradio.com because we do read them all and then they become shows like this one where we're going to couple of, uh, tackle a couple of different topics with this but first off, just like the sponsor of the show, I do need to spend just a quick moment on the idea of the getaway that's coming up. Yeah, we're looking forward to that. Because in June is um, four days of a true getaway, where if you are new to Sexy Marriage Radio and you've not heard us talk about this, it's not the retreat vac- It's not the retreat where you come home and need a vacation from your vacation. No, it is relaxing. It's- it is a Good getaway. It, it's very intentional on the schedule to where we don't start until later in the morning. So you get a chance to sleep in if you'd like, hang out. We do offer yoga. If that floats your boat, come join us for yoga in the morning. But it's a chance just to kind of hang out. The, the sessions and the, the conference time, quote unquote, is fantastic, in-depth, interactive teaching. But the interactive is not as a group necessarily where we're going to ask you, okay, hey, so Pam, tell me, tell the whole group what's the biggest struggle you've had in your sex life. It's it's a chance to have a conversation no. with you and your spouse, that there's a lot of couple time. And then the evenings are free. Yeah, and- so that's fun. We've seen a lot of different people do different things. Sometimes it's just the couples going off and exploring the area. There's a great you know pool and great area mm-hmm. there at the hotel. Uh, and sometimes people meet people from across across the country and they just kind of click and have fun together yep. and, and head out and go explore with new friends, too. And June is a great time in Texas. It is. Because it's, it's, it's good weather, the yeah. heat hasn't hit like normal summer, later summer is. But all that is to say, come join us, please. It's going to be a great time. Uh, we are filling up. We're not full yet, but we're getting there. And the window for the early bird registration is fast approaching. April 15th is when that hits. And so that's a time to get in and take advantage of the discount because then the price goes up. Uh, you can still join us, but if you're on the fence and not quite sure and thinking leaning towards it, then do it. Do it now. It'll be, it'll be worth the time. So you can find it at simplemarriage.net forward slash getaway. Which then leads us to a couple, two different topics that we need to cover today, Pam. Okay. Okay. So one of them, um, well, they kind of have the same, they start with the same, and this is a topic we've covered before on a couple different, several different episodes in the history of Sexy Marriage Radio, which is pornography. And so 
I'm going to let um, let the, the caller just kind of set the stage. Good morning, Corey and Pam. This question that I have is actually for Pam. Um, Corey's been really honest about his porn use in the past in your marriage. And I was wondering how you handled that, how you were able to develop trust again, what steps you took. Um, I've, I'm struggling with being in that position right now. And I just need somebody to tell me what's, what could work because the only advice I'm getting right now is divorce. So if you could help, I would greatly appreciate that. Thank you. Okay. Thanks for that call. Um, I certainly would not use divorce as the first option. Uh, there is change that can happen. There is um, healing that can happen. So definitely don't don't let that be uh, what you're hearing. Filter through that. Um, for me, it was time. Most most of it's time. Mm-hmm. It was um, a different relationship that Corey and I had after that. Um, I, there was a lot of time that I just spent hold up and didn't, didn't share a lot of life with him cause I was trying to figure out how to deal with it in my own mind. Uh, just cause I'd felt betrayed in that, in that way. Um, but it opened up a new line of saying, you know what, I've got to be me. I've got to take care of who I am and I'm going to stand up for what I want and things that I'm seeing. And so I just started speaking up more, mm-hmm. uh, and that, that was one avenue. I also started seeing a lot of things change in my husband. And that was the big, a big healing part for me to see that he does want to be a man of integrity and he's making changes, um, in a number of different ways, you know, giving me the filters we've talked about before on getting the emails on saying where, where is he going on the internet? And I would get updates. I would get weekly uh, it was weekly emails on where right. he's been and just to clarify she wasn't an accountability partner she was just in the loop yeah i just there wanted was someone to know else involved and um, i started asking questions mm-hmm. but we've got a couple episodes that um, can really point you in that direction um episode 315 and episode 319 right fill you in a little a little bit more on a lot of that discussion that we've had historically. Yeah. So if you want to go listen to those episodes, I think those will be real helpful. Yeah, for that's you. that's a better way to go. That w- I'm going to point you towards the ar- archives with this uh, with this email or this call, just because that's the what to do after your discovery of your spouse's porn use. And so we we did unpack this even more. And so if you missed that, start there. If you've already heard that and still want more, call back. Two one four seven zero two nine five six five, and maybe we need to unpack it because I can almost promise if there's one person that it's still kind of, yeah, but what about this? Then there's others. Yeah, and ask that specific question mm-hmm. of what about this? Ask that specific, be specific on it too. Absolutely. So that was one voicemail. So here's the other. Hi guys, I just discovered your podcast this morning, and I absolutely love it. I've devoured like four episodes just this morning. Um. Here's my question for you. I have been married a little over 10 years. I've got four kids. Um, Pornography has been a struggle for my husband pretty much our entire marriage. Um, We've talked about it. It's been a lot of ups and downs and back and forth. Um, I feel that we are on the same team and on the same page about it. 
Um, but we've never gotten counseling. Um, the main reason is we can't afford it. We work in ministry and don't have a lot of income. Um, it really has affected our sex life, though, so I kind of have a two-part question. Um, first is actual intercourse doesn't feel good to him. Um, oral or manual stimulation is much better uh, to the point that he sometimes isn't even interested in actual intercourse or really has to make himself um, he has gone up to like seven or eight months before without using pornography, hoping that he could kind of retrain himself um, so that it does feel better, but it hasn't seemed to help. Um, second part of my question is uh, he shuts down at night. Uh, when he gets in bed, he's in bed for the night. He's not interested so much in having sex. Um, but we have four kids, so a lot of the time that's really the only time of day that that's a possibility for us. So we really just, <laughs> between these two things, have reached kind of a stalemate, and we just don't know what to do. Uh, do we need to allow more time to hopefully move past pornography so he can retrain himself that intercourse feels better? And uh, how do we solve this time of day thing? <laughs> um, there just doesn't seem to be a lot of options. Um, so if you could give us any help or advice, that would be so great, and I appreciate what you do. Thanks. Okay, so... Two-parters, let's take them in reverse order just real quick. Okay. Because the other part uh, fits into where we can go with another email mm -hmm. uh, and kind of blend two together. So what do you do with the time struggles? With four kids, and by the time the end of the day rolls around, he's exhausted and he just wants to climb into bed and go to sleep. So first off, I come, that comes to my mind is you realize hopefully this is still just a season that as kids get older, what could you both be doing that helps steer towards more couple time, even when the kids are awake? Because if they're older and a little more self-sufficient and trustworthy in the sense that they can look after themselves and then maybe even each other, that could give you the option and time to spend together. Um, one thought that comes to my mind that I came across in the internet blogosphere world years ago was depending on if you're oldest, this is a great training ground. If your oldest is like 10, 11, 12, they're not quite old enough to be a babysitter for other people, but they could try out babysitting for your own kids. Right. If you're in the back of the house and they're in the other end and you can at least hear something serious has yep. happened. So they're in charge and they are the ones that are responsible for, maybe you don't have them cook dinner, but you could have them there responsible for making sure it's cleaned up. It's, uh, the evening is occupied and the bedtime routine starts and finishes and everybody ends up in their places. Meanwhile, you and husband can be in bedroom, your own bedroom, with the door closed and you're there if something comes up, but it's also just the two of you. So it's not necessarily wild, crazy sex because you've kind of got a lot going on in the house, and especially the first time. <laughs> right. But maybe over time that becomes something everybody looks forward to especially you because that's a lot that's a way to claim time right if the if the kids are of an age that you can do right. that that'd be great so uh, so the goal is just recognize that this is a season yeah. and then the other is just to be vocal about honey i know that time bed comes and this is so let me personalize it so during tax season that we're in right now with my wife that always comes up well sorry guys <laughs> it's where it's the world we live in and since this is our show sure, it's the world people get it. to hear her. but it also helps make sense of the way i think i think um i've had to have conversations with with my wife about hey 
I understand the ranking of things during this season. I get it. That's 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 your career. That's what you're doing. That's what's required. Our payoff is in the summer when we get a, a month and we get more regular time and flexibility. But during this time, there are times where I've even had to say, um, honey, before you just like drop to sleep with your laptop right there, close it 10 minutes ahead of time and just give me 10 minutes. Just a conversation while we're heading back to bed. A, a time where it is just us, even if it's just small. Yeah, and it's helpful to be vocal and just speak yes. up and say what you want. I think, too, about when kids and bedtimes. I have no idea what her, um, this caller's kids' bedtimes are. I know it, we all have different parenting styles. Correct. You know, we put our kids, when they were small, we put them down to bed at 7.30 and had time yeah. together in the evenings. I, we've got a lot of friends that don't, yep. you know, friends that put their kids down at 10 o'clock at night. And I can see how they would be totally exhausted because their kids are up with them at the crack of dawn and they're up with them until they go to bed yeah, they're with them all the time at night. So, you know, depending on what the kid's schedule is like, maybe try and figure out a way to wean them into an earlier bedtime if it's, yeah. if it's not an earlier bedtime already. Yeah. And there's still, I think that the element in the point to focus on is look at the lens of how can I steal time that can have an undercurrent of sexuality to it, a playfulness, a banter, a something, a, f- a foreplay. Yeah. Even it, when you're with the kids, mm-hmm, hey, I'm into you. It's mental, it's emotional foreplay that can go on that it's not overt to the kids and you don't flaunt it, but it's evident between the two of you and it's your own secret little language. And maybe that sparks a little energy that then can be found at night. Sure. And then the other thing is just be vocal. I mean, that's that's what we keep coming back to is marriage is all about speaking up. And so that's the start. Yeah. Uh, and then so going back to question one of how do you handle um, when intercourse doesn't do it, uh, only oral and manual is what really helps. And And she mentioned the idea of he's had... Um, a seven-month moratorium or reboot. But it was from, from porn. From porn. Um, this leads into a... I'm going to kind of make a hybrid topic out of this. Okay. So if this doesn't answer your question, ma'am, please call us back, 214-702-9565. But um, it is one of those things that there's a difference between I'm taking a break from porn, and there is benefit to doing that. Take a break from porn and the masturbation associated with it. Yeah, I guess that was my question, because if the hand stimulation is still there, even though he's, there's not right. actual porn that's yeah, being visualized. If he's taking a break from porn but still masturbating daily, then that's not a, rebru- that's not a retraining. You can't compete with the hand. Nope, no vagina is ever as strong as a hand. It's just not going to happen. No. It's got to be too flexible of an organ to allow what all happens there. Right. But... It is there's so there's it, it's merit to asking those questions of okay wait a reboot from porn is a good step but you also have to take a reboot from the masturbation associated with it because that's where I believe the addiction happens is it's the ejaculation and what happens in your brain that does the rewiring so taking a reboot which is actually yourbrainonporn.com um, actually is one that I think that led the charge in this taking a sixty day reboot. 
Of a 60-day reboot. So guys volunteering to take a 60-day reboot is what you're talking right. about here. And that's okay. that's basically for the guys that are struggling with pornography and masturbation. Okay. But there's also merit, and this is where I want to pivot for a little bit to bring in a different topic that still fits. There's merit to doing this in, in your marriage sometimes if you've got your priorities and obsessions out of whack to where sex is such a dominant focus in your world, sometimes taking a break or a sexual moratorium. This is talked about in the No More Mr. Nice Guy book by Dr. Glover, which there's a couple episodes in the archives with him, that it, it, taking a break from that will help, can help reestablish different aspects of your marriage. Have you ever heard of that, Pam? I know this is this is new, okay. so I'm going to have some questions. Keep going. Okay, so the the premise is that I mean I, I think of it from a biblical standpoint of there's there's the idea, Fasting. yeah, yeah. Of, of I put I put down what is in charge of me, and I I lay it down, and that helps me reframe and reestablish and get a new equilibrium for my life, so that therefore I don't have one thing controlling me other than a spiritual realm of life if I have God as the head of that. Okay. But then there's also a merit to if all I have that's holding my marriage together is sex, well, there's a whole other aspects of my marriage that I have not spent any energy on if all I'm trying to do is get sex. So you take a break from that aspect of it to focus on the others and try and bring them more in proportion yeah, and, and there's there's a couple different things to this. So one is, uh, I've heard of a lot of guys and worked with some guys even in in the history of my, the time of my practice, where they've taken the reboot from porn and masturbation, and then they've also added sex into it. Okay. Because they were married, and it was a part of their marriage, but it was also one that was always very combative, which is kind of a no brainer. If you've got a, a secret life of pornography, masturbation going on, and all that comes out. It really throws things out of whack, which we've got lots of shows in the archives on this. Right. Episode 213, 207, 202, and 92 are all, all on the topic of pornography. But so you t- they've, they've lumped it all together, and it's really just to try to get control of their own life and not have just the whole concept of when is the next time I'm going to have an ejaculation or sex be the dominant focus. So they make a pact with themselves and then in turn their, their spouse, their mate, to say, this is a, an agreed-upon fast. And it, I've heard of it being seven days, 30 days, 60 days, and even 90 days that some okay, guys have done a, this. 90 days, that's a long time, man. It is. Okay. But the benefit of it is, is after you get past the withdrawal phase, if you want to use addiction phraseology, after you come down from it, now all of a sudden you get the possibility of what is our friendship? What is our other communication? What's the depth of our relationship beyond sexual? What else keeps us apart? How, how good of co-parents are we? Have we focused on that? How good of managers of a household are we? Have we focused on that? Have we put goals together for a plan for our, our future? And it allows a lot of other things to take some weight. I see. So, so we're not doing this recording where you could see us, but my <laughs> wife's uh, wheels are spinning. Yeah, my wheels are spinning. So, okay, so I'm interested in the feedback you've gotten from some of the guys that have, have done it. What has the feedback been of, 
length of time they've done it and how it impacted, you know, what's the success story here? Okay. Um, the one thing that I have found that's a true among all of them, if I just think right off the top of my head, is length of time matters. Because if you go seven days or two weeks, that's not really uh, from pure behavioral logic. That's not long enough to create new habits. Well, and that makes sense. Right. So it's, it's a taste. It's a testing. And that there still can be benefit from it. Because sometimes it can just be, you know what? I've claimed myself a little better that I don't have to have some urge rule me. Yeah, I master my domain. Exactly. <laughs> Thank you for Jerry Seinfeld, Seinfeld. reference. <laughs> but it's, it's one of those of recognizing that if I go 30 days or even the goal from uh, yourbrainonporn.com was 60 days because that's, that's what they have come up with that they say uh, the brain can actually do some legit rewiring then. And they've got some science behind yes, this? Yes, they do. Okay. Um, and and it's because of, it's just, it's dopamine and it's the rewiring that happens in your brain that, you know, the neural pathways we have, they become ruts in our brain. That's mm -hmm. why we get routine. That's why we are propose, proponents of, uh, with Sexy Marriage Radio, change up things every so often. Change up your routine. Change up where you sit. Change up the sides of the bed. Change up your routine and sex. Those kinds of things create novelty, which that keeps your brain elastic better. And it allows, it adds energy and eroticism to your relationship. Yeah, it keeps you engaged. And power to your life. So our brains are the same thing. They find the fastest course. And if I'm doing the same behaviors, it's going to continue to do that course. When I change those behaviors, the brain will rewire. It will get back to a new norm. Let me ask you this. So we go camping. Yep. When we leave the busy city life and we're gone into the wilderness for a while, how long does it take before you actually kind of calm down? Gosh, it takes a couple days. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it takes a couple days. Like a week-long vacation just isn't enough because you calm down by about Wednesday and then come Friday morning, yep. you're amped up thinking about what you got to get yep. going over the weekend to get ready for the next yeah. week. Because what I think of is when we did the month-long vacation several years ago and two weeks in, we went to Vegas for a night. And as we drove into the city after having been on the road and in wilderness for two weeks, you could feel the anxiety go up yeah in our bodies just because of the city yeah yeah it just that didn't feel good at yeah. all yeah and so it there's something too we our body takes the cues from its surroundings and so if i can change and challenge and discipline myself to take a break and focus on the other things after i get from that beginning initial discomfort i start to create a new norm and so the benefit is then now all of a sudden i'm recognizing I'm not dominated by something. It's something I still want in my life. Because this is, if you're talking about um, sex addiction, if you will, or pornography addiction, um, it's not like alcoholism where you can just cut it out of your life. You could. Well, and well, I would say that alcoholics wouldn't say they can just cut it out of their life. Well, That's but they can, tough. What, the way they can find a path to healing is just to not ever have a drink. Okay. Most people, if they're married, it's not completely realistic to think, you know what? I'm just not ever going to have sex again. You have to change my relationship I have with sex, not just cut it out. Okay. I hear what you're saying. And so this is a chance to kind of reset it and get it back to a different path to where you recognize, okay, now I've got a chance to, 
you know, I've, I've earned a little of my own self-respect because I was able to do it and follow through. My spouse was on board because that's what we haven't even talked about yet is if it's the wife right. that's is coming the on, board, on board. Well, usually you, go, you want their buy-in. And if it's a, if this is a tenacious, a, a, a tense subject anyway, sometimes they're happy with the break. You mean I'm going to have 30, 60 days of no initiation coming my way? Okay. There's some spouses that'll do that. Yeah, there's yeah. some that'd be like, okay, good. That but takes away willing, the tension. Well, it takes that away, but I'd be willing to bet that once you get into it a couple weeks in, it's like, I really miss that. And that would I, be that would be I the best case pursued. scenario. Right. right. That would be That's that would goal. be something. Now all of a sudden you start to look at what does this play in my life on both sides of the equation? Because then you get into you can have the taste of what dating life was like. To a degree, if now all of a sudden you were raised in a situation where sex is off limits pre-marriage, right? You know, which is something we believe as a value with Sexy Marriage Radio that sex is designed for marriage. But it's one of those things that now all of a sudden you got that taboo of look, we're not doing this, but we could still make out, which that's kind of a slippery slope possibly, but it creates some energy because you've got the taboo. It's it's off limits. It's you know. And those are the different things that if you can look at it, I believe we can take that kind of stuff captive better rather than be dominated by it. So how do you know if you're in this situation? I mean, there's a lot of people that maybe don't think that they're addicted to it, right? Uh It's not a problem for them, but a spouse might say they are. Right. Well, that's where it comes down to, if you go just straight addict language, it comes down to the only way something changes is when you admit it yourself that you need to. Okay. So a spouse saying, we're doing this, <laughs> you know, and the other's like, no, because they could be off the side masturbating and nobody knows and they're right. not doing anything different. And nothing changes, it right. seems. Uh, so So this yeah, is an integrity you... character thing for each individual. Well, sure it is. And you could be opening yourself up to a world of hurt on the opposite side too. Yeah. <laughs> you could because here's an email that just came in that kind of alludes to that that he talks about um they've been married for 15 years or they've been together 15 years married for four. Um after reading and thinking about no more Mr. Nice Guy book, he decided to try the sexual moratorium. So it's been 2 weeks and wow, my perspective's changed. Now that I'm not chasing sex with my wife and taking responsibility for my own sex life, I find myself much, much less attracted to her at all. In fact, I feel foolish about all the one-sided sexual, financial, and emotional energy I've put into the relationship over the years. I feel like I don't really need this person in my home or consciousness anymore. This is not what I expected to happen, but I find myself almost disgusted with her, although she is a physically attractive woman. I'm definitely more put off by her now, and I'm starting to really resent her. This feels like really waking up and realizing I was doing first aid on a dead corpse for years. I want to explore this idea with her, but I'm pretty sure if I tell her the above, it will kill the relationship or I'll just ask her to leave. I've been the one trying to initiate things to better our relationship for years with the best, with that best begrudging tag along from her. Now that I realize I don't need her for sex, I don't really feel like putting anything else into it. What do I do? Wow. Yeah. Because this is one of the possibilities. But I guess that's not even a possibility I would have thought of. Oh, sure. At all. Sure. I take a break from it and now all of a sudden someone that I used to find attractive isn't even attractive to well, me anymore. There are movies out there 
that talk about if I, what's my relationship really built on, you know, like the whole, they come at it from an opposite extreme. I don't know why I'm just thinking of this, but the whole no strings attached or something where it's like best friends with benefits. And then they realize it totally changes the relationship when they added sex to it. They were great friends. And then they added sex and it totally disastrous. Okay. So this is the opposite. This is the opposite. They took it away and realized we don't have anything else or I don't find anything else attractive because I was just using my spouse as a sexual object. That was the goal. And now what I'm hearing when I read this is, yes, this is a reality. And I say it's a clear reality because now you got a real clear picture of what, how much weight each person is truly carrying in a relationship. Is she carrying her side of it or as he's framing it here, and I know it's skewed based on emails because we get both sides a lot. Well, sure. Yeah, but you got one As he's framing it here, he's been the one keeping it alive by his own pursuits just because of sex. And now that he's got a different perspective, he's realizing, wow, I've put a lot of energy into a woman that's not really interested in it. So he's trying to have a little better judgment on, is this wise course of action? That is not at all what I expected to hear when you started reading an email. Yep. And that's where it's worth at least exploring for a little bit as we wrap this up, because it is a possibility because you start to see, okay, wait, what's been my path in this and what has been my mates? I would sure love to hear her side. How is that affecting Mm -hmm. her? Is she seeing the same thing or is she seeing something in herself too that's like, wow, I don't like this and I'd like to right. and, change how this works in our relationship. And I'm wondering, based on the way this is reading, did he do the sexual moratorium without her knowing? Which would not that be advisable. totally skews the data you're sure getting does. because that's the devil's pact of I'm going to no longer pursue with the assumption that void that I'm going to create will be filled from her. And it just doesn't work that way. No, no, no. you got to share in this together. Right. So this is something that, first off, it's got to be wide open of, did, does she know <laughs> that, this is, that this is something you were wanting to do and the rationale why and what your, what your goal and motivation is? Then the other is, how do you explore this with her? You are brutally honest about it. Because otherwise, what are you really doing? Well, yeah, it's not fair to anyone to to otherwise you're be doing, one-sided and Otherwise, not you're share doing it. the same thing you were doing, but you were just having sex. Yeah. That's all that was really keeping you alive. And my hunch would be they both knew it. Hmm. That she knew it, too. But that's that elephant in the room no one wants to talk about. <laughs> if only you could see my wife's face right now. <laughs> Oh, I that just makes that just makes me hurt. Yes. Um because the whole point behind these things is you're trying to improve, you're trying to get better and then reality strikes and slaps you in the face and what do you do with it? Right. But I'm going to say that this right here, this level of uh reality, this is the kind of couple I love seeing in my office. Because now they're dealing with honest truth, and you can do stuff with that. Okay. Because now you have the possibility, and it could seem like the whole world's crumbling. That's kind of the way I'm reading you of, wow, this, hurt, this makes me hurt for them. 
Absolutely. Doesn't I see it this sound as like they that? are now at the possibility of having something that's so spectacularly deep and great if they both will stand up. That's the beauty of doing life on life terms and seeing it as my responsibility is me. Well, and I, then giving yeah. and caring and loving and choosing the pe- the person I'm with. Well, I, I guess that comes back to we don't get better unless we go through the fire, right? <laughs> when life, yeah, when life really hits that, us, we if, grow up. Yeah, if we if we stay stuck in the mud, life's pretty boring, and there's yeah. no. And so there's no easy way to no have this conversation. Marriage. There's just not. Uh, these are the realities. I would say before. You bring this up. It's only been two weeks. Give it a little more time. If you're going to stick to this, because we just got this email a couple days ago from the time we're recording this, which is close to when this is airing, um, then give this more time to see what really changes in you. Because it could just be, this is my reaction, and I'm reacting to her ambivalence or aloofness or whatever. And maybe that kind of you get a chance for all of that to settle down and you do reestablish something different. And so some of this was just an overreaction. Uh, potentially. Well, and, and back up to your comment about, does she even know about it? Yes. Does she know? So if you're two weeks into this and she doesn't know, sit down and have a conversation and, start the and clock let her over. know what's going. Yeah. Start that clock over. But yeah, now you're, when we talked about timing a little bit earlier, how long does it take for you to relax on a vacation, right? You're two weeks in. So you're settled into this, but keep it rolling. Yeah. And then that means you have brutal conversations with yourself about, okay, what is the reality of, am I doing first aid on a dead corpse? Really? Or is that just an overreaction? What's the truth? You know, because sometimes we can get to where we skew the data in our favor and we play, we, we think that's a virtue. And it's not. I'm trying to give myself a way out or I'm trying to whatever. And I've got to be honest about those things. Say, you know what? My tendency is I'm going to run from this stuff. So I'm going to make it paint the picture so it makes it kill me feel less guilty. And that's where our overreaction can come into play. Okay. So I'm better off by being honest with myself and say, okay, hold on. This is, this is a real deal. This is a struggle. But this doesn't mean it's death for us. So if I'm honest about that and then I bring it up and then seek out some help could be the beginning to something else it, great. It absolutely could be because it could just be that wake-up call that makes you both go, whoa, you're right. I'll own some of that. You own some of that. And we are on the verge of something spectacular. Yeah. Which that's the stuff I love. Yeah. Well, this has been Sexy Marriage Radio. Um, these have been deep, but thanks for sticking sticking through it with us. Um, if, you're, if you can come in June 21st to the 24th. Sexy Marriage Marriage Radio Getaway. It's worth coming. Love to see you there. And if not, thanks for taking some time out of your day still to spend it with us. We'll see you next time.